Just like that, we are right back at it. Saturday night, you already know what time it is. Sideline Junkies presents our weekly wrestling show with what I like to dub us as the WrestleManiacs. (laughs) What's up? Myself, KG, here. Bring it to you, hot fire. The weekend after TLC and... uh, uh, the salute the troops shows. I mean, we we got a lot to get into tonight. That we do, sir. That we do. And for those that uh, had the pleasure of listening to all the debauchery last week, you know, we had that uh, competition as we always tend to have when it comes down to uh, a pay per view, which has us at this moment in a dead tie for picks. Not happy with it, but I am happy with the fact that I don't have to say KG is the best because we did not pick the result of the women's championship correct either way. That was an interesting. We we had the stipulation or the, the situation down pack with Ronda Rousey, but neither one of us expected Oscar to get the nod on that one. But we'll get to that. Yeah, true indeed. Um, But it's great to see that she got it, but hey, uh, let's jump into this thing. We want to start first. Uh, we'll, we'll just go in order of appearance. The first one uh, was the finals of the Mixed Match Challenge, which had Truth and Carmella versus Miss Alicia Fox and Jinder Mahal. And I will have to say that the power of WWE, and, well, well, correction, the power of the WWE Universe showed its strength in having Truth and Carmella win this match. Not just through cheering, but from the the constant pops that they get, even when they come out and just random times, random segments for just that seven-second dance break. That was strong enough. They made enough noise to give them the green light to actually come from behind. And when I say behind, way behind and actually win. I was not expecting them to even be in the finals. I was expecting them to just be jobbers, and that was that. So it was great to see. I think both of them rightfully deserve it, especially R-Truth, to have finally a win on a major platform instead of just being little Jimmy's older brother, and that's <laughs> where he stuck. So I was, I was happy with it. It was a pretty decent match. Um, Alicia Fox's hair, I was thinking about you the whole time, did not really make a unnecessary appearance in getting in the way and, you know, causing her loss in that aspect. Um, but either way, it's interesting to see that R-Truth and Carmella are both number 30 now in their respective Royal Rumble matches. Now, for Truth, that doesn't mean anything at all. It just means he's finally a part of the Final Four but we know he's not going to win. So we're going to move past that, (laughs) unfortunately. Carmella, that'll be interesting. That could go either way. But with truth, I mean, it it would be an amazing moment. I would love to see it, but it'd be an amazing moment if truth got the nod to go to WrestleMania. What do you think? Well, if truth got the nod to go to WrestleMania, you already know how it's going to end. 
I don't think without a shadow of a doubt that he would actually win to take a championship. So, yeah, I would like to, like I said, I would like for it to happen, but it's one of those four foregone conclusions on that one. Yeah, maybe not. But then again, interesting things have happened. Yeah, that is true. A lot of interesting things, and especially with ratings going the way that they are, a shakeup and going in a different direction that you're not expecting might be just what it is. We'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> I'm not not patting myself on the back quite yet, but oh, I'm going to get in it. Second match of the night for the SmackDown Tag Championships, New Day versus The Bar versus The Usos. Uh, phenomenal match. Phenomenal match. We both had The Usos on that one. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not mad that The Bar won. I would have rather The Usos win. But, I mean, all three of them can, can have great matches, but with the insurgence of more opportunity, it's going to be interesting to see where things go for the bar, especially with SmackDown Sanity showing up and making an appearance. I was really hoping that Sanity would have jumped the bar as well as jumping everybody else. <laughs> so that way that'd have been a bigger statement for them, but it's going to, it'd be interesting to see the bar if, if they have to go up against Sanity because Sheamus versus Killian Dane would be just an insane, just smash mouth match right there in the midst of the tag team or the individuals leading up to another tag match. But I was happy with the match, even though the Usos didn't really get in towards the end, but I understand it because you want to see that high flying and stuff to pick up after you've gone up and down on uh, the roller coaster of emotions that they were building in that match between the bar and the new day. You know, I'm sick that the new day didn't win, right? What are you talking about? They've had the titles long enough. They had it consecutively long enough. It's time, really, to give other people a chance. Now, the bar is getting close to that. But then again, you know, I'm a fan of the bar. Yeah, I'm a fan of the bar, too. But I'm just, um, you know, it seemed like the New Day ruled the division for quite some time. And that's why, you know, the Usos weren't around very much. But just to see the bar take that mantle from New Day. New Day not able to get it back. But now with the Usos back, I don't think New Day will get the uh, the championship back at all. I don't think they need it because they're in their own little niche right now. I mean, having the tag titles is good, but you know we've been talking about the heel turn and the, mm -hmm. the, the singles run and, and stuff like that. It's about time. You're going to have the free bird rule when it's necessary, but right now it's not necessary. It's time for Kofi to have one good run as a U.S. championship. Uh, owner and and for for Big E to get a world title shot and Xavier could go either way. He can also hold the IC title. So I, in my opinion, I expect the New Day to be broken up via the Superstar Shakeup. So no more bootios and pancakes, huh? No, I just on. Uh, I think they'll grab another member and have it on both sides of the street. Mm -hmm. Now, who that will be, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing R-Truth as part of the New Day. So that way you have that, that, that comic side, Big E on one side, R-Truth on the other side. And that would play into everything really well. That could be, I, I could see that. 
But I, I, I see if Xavier Woods is going to be one of the ones that goes by him lonesome, by his lonesome. That's where me personally, if I'm in control, I'm calling Jay Lethal. I'm saying, hey, reform Lethal Consequences, and I'm going to put this tag team division all the way together, and I'm going to have some of the best tag teams to ever do it all compete. Yeah. I can see that. But I think Jay Lethal just needs to come in and make his own impact. Because if they're not going to get Cody, Jay is within reach. Yeah. They've got a lot of opportunity with Jay, especially with Nature Boy being able to take bumps. That would be pretty interesting to have those two come back. I wish you could remake that magic from Jay Lethal versus <laughs> Ric Flair, promo them. But if nothing else, just to have those two together promoing, I mean, I don't know, whatever. Just to have a, another live glimpse of that would be amazing. And that that clip is still circulating on Facebook, Twitter. It's just that daggone good that it's going to keep circulating. And it, it it's classic. No matter no matter what uh, promotion it took place in, it's a classic, classic, classic thing. I agree, and it's going to stand the test of time. It'll it'll go with Ric Flair. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I mean, even though more people look at it from the Flair perspective than a lethal perspective, but um, I mean, it, it was just an amazing moment. To me, that's the best spot on TNA to ever be done. And that's a lot, considering that I was just watching a quick snippet of them having a, a, a shoot interview with Scott Steiner. And, you know, you give Scott Steiner a mic. Yeah, he just, who knows what the hell's coming out of his mouth. And yeah, that that's is what true. happened. The genetic freak. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it seems like overnight we went from the, the Steiner line and their theme song to Big Papa Pumps Your Hookup. Holla if you hear me. And a big bad booty daddy. Like, <laughs> did I miss something in between this? <laughs> but once those sirens started playing in WCW, you know you was about to be entertained. If nothing else, once he grabbed that microphone, who knew Scotty had it in him? Who knew? I know Rick was like, "Oh God, what the hell? Let me go ahead and just slide to the background." This fool has lost his mind, or maybe he's always lost his mind. Well, who knows? True indeed, I, I, but I, I think he was always gone, you know, off his rocker. <laughs> and we just didn't realize it. Nope, not at all. Speaking of realizing, we had my first victory of the night, and oh. that was in the Braun v. Baron TLC match with Heath Slater as the ref. Um, Pretty interesting setup on how this played out with – Braun actually showing up as expected. He had uh, one arm in a sling. But then it is a TLC match and threw in a quick reminder of, hey, it's no DQ. So he can have some help. So out comes Apollo Crews with a chair. Out comes Bobby Roode and Chad Gable with chairs. Out comes Finn Balor with chairs. And then the, the biggest spot of the night was Heath Slater taking off his ref shirt and attacking Corbin, which led to everybody else coming in. And then the big pop after that for Kurt Angle 
So everybody that Baron Corbin has wronged heavily in some way, with the exception of Rhino, showed up and then beat the crap out of him and just handed Braun Strowman the victory and cost Baron Corbin his interim general manager position and his opportunity to become the permanent general manager of Monday Night Raw. And you know what? You said uh, out of everybody that he's wrong, the one person that didn't come back was Rhino. I got a funny feeling you're going to see Rhino really, really soon. Really? Really soon. My inside sources have called and said, yes, you will be seeing Rhino very soon. You heard it here. He's got a mole in the production truck. Hopefully it's the same mold I can tell us who the hell is pushing a button every week. But <laughs> we'll we'll take whatever little bit of snippet of information we can get one Saturday night at a time. Yes, yes indeed. And speaking of Saturday nights, we had a, a nice little Saturday night special on a Sunday between Natty and Ruby Riot and the tables match. Which at first I was kind of weirded out because I was like, why is Natty smiling? She keeps smiling. Don't be happy. You should be ready to beat to beat Ruby down based off of all the rolling of your dad this and the dad's on the table and broke the glasses and tripped and talked about your cat. I mean, all this stuff that was happening. She should be coming out determined, upset, pissed, you know, just real gritty faced. And Natty's still smiling, which I mean, I could also understand because she's one of the headliners of the pay-per-view. And that's been a while since she's had that opportunity. So I got it. But then the match actually started becoming really good. And it had a couple high spots. Liv Morgan taking a bump for Ruby through the table. I was like, oh, that's pretty crazy. She hit it hard as hell, though. But I was like, hey, if you're going to go, go hard. Um, Natty. When she was uh, beating down Ruby, talking about, you want to mess with me and my family, bitch? I was like, yes, there we go. Now we're making it happen. Natty's slamming uh, Sarah Logan through a table. And then the interesting moment happened, and I think everybody's ready to run out and start grabbing some more of those wall decals. Natty pulls out the Ruby Riot table and then puts the anvil jacket on and just starts going to town. So I, I was like, okay, now we're really getting into the meat potatoes of, of the whole uh, build towards this. She's got a dad's jacket on. We've got a, a table for Ruby. And then you had to pay off with uh, Ruby going through her own table, which I thought was pretty cool. So overall, I mean, it wasn't like match of the night, but I thought it was actually a pretty good match, told a great story. And at first I was a little worried about it, but then, okay, we both picked Natty to win. And then it, it actually bounced out to be for tables, that is a or tables match at TLC. It, it lived up to what you could do in a tables match spot wise. What'd you think? Uh, every week we talk about the contribution these women give to these pay-per-views and this is one of those times where they gave maximum effort, and I believe they got maximum result. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Just the way it was all put together, 
I, I actually liked it. I liked it a lot. I'm not going to say love, but I liked it a lot. Yeah. That's how I felt about it. I mean, I wasn't expecting to. I just thought it'd be something we would just pass through. But okay, it happened. But no, they, they actually did a great job. And I was happy for that because that meant that the ball was still rolling and the momentum for the women was still moving forward. So that way it would help us make our way towards your girl, Nia Jax, versus the baddest bee on the planet, Ronda Rousey, which was a couple matches down the road. We had to deal with what I, I guess we'll just call the, okay, we just got through it match, which was Drew versus Finn Balor. So I was like, okay, it happened. We both picked Finn to win. Um, was expecting a Dolph Ziggler run in from my perspective. That's how I was expecting uh, Finn Balor to win. So it happened. And then that was it. It wasn't the greatest match in the world. I was expecting a little bit more from Finn Balor on how he could make Drew look more menacing. You know how sometimes, like, Rey Mysterio is great at it. You have the, the, the little guy versus the big guy. So you expect to see the little guy do all the big spots and jump off the top rope and flip off of this, do all that. And the big guy is just shutting him down, shutting him down, shutting him down. You're like, oh, man, everything he does, he's trying to make something happen. And then eventually you start having a tie turn. I just didn't see enough of that to really lock me into the story that they were telling. It was more for me just patiently waiting to see how Dolph was going to have his interference and run in and set up a triple threat match at the Royal Rumble. You know what? I I didn't get Demon Finn. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I... I wasn't really totally interested. It was more of a, like you said, just, all right, good job. Let's get on to the next one. We knew Finn was going to win. That mm-hmm. wasn't a doubt. Yep. But it was just, it's like I feel cheated on pay-per-views when we don't get a Demon Finn battle. If it makes you feel any more weird, we see Brock Lesnar more than we see Demon Finn Balor. <laughs> and all Finn has to do is just get painted. Yeah. And he's there every week. So I, I understand the need to keep that as a special moment, but we can have that special moment a little more often. Not too much more, but maybe every other pay per view or, or something to where the demon, or just the demon just is there. It just shows up on Raw. I mean, just, just why not? I think it would be cool just to see it a little bit more often, especially if we're seeing Brock Lesnar in some capacity more than Demon Finn. Well, true indeed. Uh, But with this match, Drew McIntyre, I mean, just the, the sheer power that he has, seeing him throw. Now, Finn, Finn Balor's not a very big guy. But he's still a grown man. He threw a grown man from turnbuckle to turnbuckle mm-hmm. diagonally. That's a long way. Yeah. I said I, I had some I had a couple of good spots, but it was just still nothing that made me think, okay, man, that was a a milestone match or, or something like that. It was here or there. I mean, every match will have some good spots in it, but I expected more. Let me put it that way. I didn't see that, any growth from those two superstars in that match. Nothing you wanted to write home about. No, not at all. And then, <laughs> unfortunately, a step up from that was a six match of the night, 
which was Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton in a chairs match. Pretty decent. Rey Mysterio won, but it was, to me, only a smaller step up from the Drew Finn match. I don't know if you felt the same way. Uh, This is one of them times where I feel it wasn't believable. With this mean streak that Randy Orton's been on the last few weeks, and, you know, he's just, like, inflicting pain on people, inflicting pain, but he still loses to Rey Mysterio in a chairs match. Him losing to Rey Mysterio in a straight-up match, uh, no ho- – well, I'm not going to say no holds, but uh, uh, one fall, something like that. Uh, just a normal match, I could buy that. I could not buy – him losing to Rey Mysterio in a chairs match. This is right up Randy Orton's alley right now. And if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. No, you're, you're right. But so he's, he's been running around inflicting pain on people for about the last two and a half months, and he loses to Rey Mysterio in a chairs match. No disrespect to Rey. No disrespect I, to Rey. But Rey will beat him straight up. That, that should have been maybe a four-minute match. And not in a bad way, but to build Randy Orton up, Ray would do the honors. And somewhere, somehow, it would have been a 619 opportunity. And Ray, uh, I mean, uh, Randy would have grabbed the chair. And as Ray's coming around, smack. And then it's just smack, 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 one, two, three. And you see, it's almost on a level of when, when Randy Orton would go and set up for the punt. That's mm-hmm. the, the, the level of a viper that you would see with that chair. And then he would just inflict some damage, which was set up for another match. But, uh, but I now, agree with that. The creativity that came out of this match with Rey Mysterio taking a chair, bouncing off the rope and sliding under the bottom rope and landing on uh, 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 Randy Orton. Yeah. Oh my God. Now that right there, that's innovative. I, I mean, I think of a lot of wild and crazy things and, you know, wonder, can it be possible? Never would have thought of something like that. Really? You know he's done it before, right? I was waiting for a a microcore moment, vintage Mysterio. (laughs) (laughs) That is not his first thing. He's done it a couple TLC matches. So when that's – I forgot about it. Like, oh, snap, I forgot he used to do that stuff. And But for him, the way he hangs – and gets that hang time before he, he lands. You think about it, it seems like you're jumping off the top rope and landing a splash, but it's just right off the ring apron. Pow. And the funny part about it, I've been watching WCW clips on Twitter and stuff like that, maybe about the last week and a half or so, and it's been a lot of Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero, the battles that they had. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it, you know, just talked about Rey Mysterio can make you raise your game, but Eddie made you raise your game too. And then when them two got together, when they went back and forth, they raised other's game and they put on some classic matches. And it's oh my classic God, yes. luchador matches. And mm-hmm. I, I had uh, guys at work that don't really follow wrestling like that. They were looking over my shoulder like, how in the world did you do that? I was like, man, that's Rey Mysterio, man. That's Eddie Guerrero. You got to know these things. Please tell me you showed them uh, the match they had at Halloween Havoc. I believe that's the was. I swear that was at least eight times. And I mean, I thought 
that Eddie Guerrero had just killed Rey Mysterio. The power bombs off the ladder, through the table. I'm like, oh my God, Rey is dead. He has just killed this guy, and they're still showing this. What the heck is going on? And he just kept going and kept going and kept going. I'm like, oh my God, this is the most amazing match I've ever seen. And my, these guys are putting everything in the ring. The last time in recent era that I've seen a match that that was that heavy was uh, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa one in NXT where Gargano's, both his lips were bust open, bleeding everywhere. And Gargano has that look. He can get that checked out. Days look like he's in a concussion. And he's just trying to figure out what the heck is going on. You could just see he's just out of it in his eyes. So, man, he could tell a great story with his facial expression. I mean, it just the, the, the brutality of it. To me, that was as close to that Halloween Havoc match as I've seen in a long time. And I agree with you on that. They just put in a clinic. And then you could even take it a step further and take out one of those two, insert a D. Malenko or insert a Chris Benoit character. Um, and then you can have just some amazing matches. And even since we are talking about a chair match, you can insert the chairman of WCW, my boy LaParka, and and that psychosis. I mean, might as well just call it the, the, the almighty cruiserweight division of WCW back then. No matter who it was, you were going to have a great match. They would even make um, freaking uh, Buff Bagwell look good sometimes. <laughs> and it's funny you say something about psychosis because it was one. Uh, he was in it. Him and Hooven, too, were in it. Oh, yeah. And the King they of 450. Man, gee, me Christmas. The show that those guys put on. Should we name a name? Billy Kidman? Yes. That's Everybody should know by now. Do not try to powerbomb Billy Kidman. You know what's coming next. He's going to flip up, slam your face to the ground. The next thing you know, shooting star press like clockwork every week. He's going to pop. Nope. You didn't learn from last week? Did y'all not see the tape? <laughs> I'm serious, man. That's, for me, that was a running joke every week. It's like no matter what happens, you see somebody attempt to powerbomb Billy Kidman, and it's like, yep, you obviously didn't do your homework, buddy. It was only seven days ago. Yeah. And the the bad part about it is when Billy Kidman came to WWE, he was never used properly. Nope. He's being used now <laughs> in the, as a road agent, but no, he yeah. was not uh, used properly at all to, to his potential that he was doing. But then again, WWE slash F, uh, did not have a strong understanding of how to utilize the cruiserweights. They brought him in and put him against heavyweights. Right. Now we've got the cruiserweight division, so that way, even though, I mean, they're doing a great job, but the cruiserweights are not doing the cruiserweight stuff at a level consistently to be where WCW was in three out of four segments on Monday Nitro and that brought everybody back to life when you was having NWO almost everything, blue WO, red WO, LWO, red and white, black and white, referee WO. I mean, everybody was <laughs> WO something. But then when those cruiserweights came in, and also don't forget about uh, my man Y2J, Chris Jericho, you had that, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. You couldn't wait to see what was going on. It didn't matter who you put in. It was going to be an amazing match once uh, those two cruiserweight elements got in there. 
even crazy people like El Dandy <laughs> was one hell of a great moment um, and, and WCW, but I would love to see 205 go there. We saw a lot of that at um, the Cruiserweight Challenge or Classic. Uh, we saw a lot of those type of moments there, but it still hasn't really transitioned over into 205 Live, but we'll get there, hopefully. You, you know something? When you, when you think about Cruiserweight, you, you, you think about guys flying through the air like Mustafa Ali. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Bourne. I mean, I can name a ton of guys. Neville. Neville. Guys that can fly. That's what you think about when you think about cruiserweights. Cruiserweights can do things that heavyweights can't. Right. And, you know, you, you just even the cruiserweights to the light heavyweights, they do things that heavyweights can't. Exactly. So, and that- once that once that division, and it's going to be on the rise again because you got a lot of young talent that's coming up in that cruiserweight division. Hopefully they don't gain any more weight and they continue to be cruiserweights. But it's going to be – I think it's going to be back to what it used to be mm-hmm. once upon a time. Yep, I agree. I would like to see Ray Mysterio as a cruiserweight champion to help elevate that championship to another level. And once he gets it, I would like to see it be a color change like they do every so often and, and, and style change, all that stuff. I think the Lucha House Party should be on 205 Live. I think 205 Live should go to two hours and do its own. I know it's a production nightmare, but you can – you may have to just – I know it's supposed to be 205 Live. I don't know how you would make this happen. But you can have two shows if need be or something. I don't know. But if you could go an hour and a half or to an hour, it would be great to have happen. I don't know how you – I mean, you could have some live moments and then some tape moments. You you just have to work it out. But you need more time to be able to build a little bit more. It's funny you say about Rey Mysterio being uh, cruiserweight champion right now to, you know, bring – that would bring prestige to the championship. You got a a former cruiserweight champion in WCW, uh, but he was a heavyweight champion when he came over to WWE, but he takes the cruiserweight championship. And a lot of people look down their nose at the cruiserweight championship. Like it's one of those low tier, but that's a whole division for smaller wrestlers. That's not something you look down your nose at because some of these smaller wrestlers, you think they can step up to heavyweight and kick you behind. Mm-hmm. But Ray Mysterio, I, I don't, I, I can't agree with you on Ray Mysterio being the champ right now because Ray would dominate the daggone division. I don't think it's anybody out there. It's not a cruiserweight out there that can beat Ray. He's a wily veteran. Yeah, who's gonna beat him? I agree, especially when he's wrestling somebody of his own height, because yeah. the big man, little man, is great for some moments, but he he loses some of his ability to be equal, not saying he's not, but you understand what I'm saying, size-wise, to be equal, to be able to have those moments without them having to undercompensate for his height and to be able to to get different motions in. And and if they haven't worked with him before, you have the potential for spots that aren't hit uh, the way it's supposed to be or it it breaks it up and it chops it up a little bit versus, you know, 
Randy Orton has wrestled Rey Mysterio multiple times, so Randy can do a a sunset flip on Rey Mysterio because he's got the the the, the size dynamic, so he can make those opportunities happen. He can go down low and grab him for the twist slam because he, he's done it before. It's muscle memory for him. But if you were to interject somebody else in there, you're going to have that little bit of a disconnect. You'll be able to see it instead of it moving free-flowing if they didn't do any live events prior. But, I mean, like I said it was a step up from Dol- uh, Drew, we'll just call it Drew Dolphin Finn. <laughs> <laughs> put them all in that match. Just, just go ahead and manifest it now because that's the next thing that's coming. But then I had another win, which I know you're mad because I told you and I gave you a chance to make the right decision. The right decision in Matt's lucky number seven was Ronda Rousey beating Nia Jax. <sighs> That's all you need to say about it. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. No, 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 no. no. I'm going to say this. And I'm going to be quite honest. First, let me let me go ahead and take this left real quick. Nia Jax just looked freaking awesome. Yep. That's the first note that I put in there is she had a new uh, gear. You know what the second note was, right? She looked totally awesome. Nope. You know what this If I'm talking about Nia and her new gear... <laughs> What's the second note that I put down on my sheet about that match? <laughs> Tamina needs to take off the straight, <laughs> the straight jacket. jacket. <laughs> yep. 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 But I I couldn't the only reason why I couldn't go with Ronda because I'm thinking I'm not thinking uh dominance wise, I'm thinking business wise. And you didn't think that was best for business? Pun intended. <laughs> Not really. I thought that this they made Naya look like a bumbling giant, and she was like she was going against a. Uh, I, I don't even know how to how to put this in the context, but they they made her look very bad. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't like the way she looked. Because, I disagree, man. No, this is why I say that because she's very tall. Now, one one thing I can say about Nia Jax, she's shaped perfectly in my eyes. But let's stick to wrestling here. Yeah, remember she's, you just got remarried. <laughs> she's tall, mm-hmm. and she has thickness to her. Now, Ronda Rousey is slimmer, shorter, but every time Nia would swing, Ronda's ducking her, and she's moving around, and she's dancing around her, and she's like a, that old school, it's like old school David versus Goliath. You know, David's quick, agile, not afraid. Goliath is a slow, plodding giant that I'm going to destroy you when I get my hands on you type, and I'm like, Come on now, you didn't big up Naya as the immovable object. Okay? She's the face breaker. But you got her first you had her running from Ronda Rousey. Then from running from Ronda Rousey to uh not being able to pretty much execute 
That's what I felt. I felt she didn't execute properly. But she did have a vicious power bomb when she tried to put in an arm bar. And that right there. Now, I've seen that. Well, I've performed that on my youngest son quite a few times. That whole, oh, yeah, you want to hang on to my arm? Okay, here we go. I'm going to pick you up with just this one arm and sit out power bomb. But in my opinion, the reason why I said it wasn't best for business, Ronda Rousey is touted as this, uh, the baddest bee on the planet. But you're not, you come down on Monday nights and, you know, you do your little talking, but you're not putting any work in, in the ring. I want to see you wrestling on Raw. And I get, I'm going to get that from Nia. That's why I would rather have a fighting champion like Anaya Jax as my champion. I'm not saying let her hold the belt for, you know, 15, 16 months. But right now, Ronda has to be knocked off of her high horse, knocked down a couple pegs, and brought back up because she's going to go over with the crowd even more. So a lot of people that don't like her. But once she loses, they knock her down a few pegs, and you're going to bring her back up even stronger. That's my business move. Uh, I can't. I can't disagree more. I think really? it's, it's smart for business for her to have the title. Nia is not the person to for Ronda to do the honors for when it comes down to growth potential. That slot is for two other women. It's for Charlotte, or right now the hottest superstar on the planet, Becky Lynch. Naya is not at that level as of yet. And I was thinking about that on the way home. If we ever could have uh, an interview with Becky Lynch, the first question I would ask her is what advice would she give to the Naya Jaxes, the Naomi's, the Iconics, the uh, Carmella's, the Oscars, when she can speak a little bit more, better English, um, to Alicia Fox's. How do you break through and it's not even a glass ceiling at this point for the women's division. It's a plastic ceiling that you just need to really punch through like Becky did. It's a, that transition of something and you just take in charge, like I talked about with Leo Rush a couple of weeks ago, taking charge and ownership of your character and popping through the plastic ceiling. The men is like a freaking brick wall and some steel on top and everything else. They got to make it happen. But the women, the, the pressure is so strong. It has melted the glass to be compliable enough to punch your hand through. Mm. Becky has punched her hand through and made her mark and has done it in such a kayfabe way to where it's believable that she is the man on social media and that her swagger and what she's saying is matching it on TV. She's like the female Samoa Joe. I was reading uh, something today where uh, I like to call him Sugar Shane Helms, but Hurricane Helms was commenting on the fact that Eric Bischoff called Becky the new Stone Cold in essence. So I'm like, hey, you can make that correlation as well. But just the fact that she has made it happen in a way that everything is Becky, everything is kayfabe. And it's believable because of how she is approaching it. You believe Charlotte as the queen 
because of how she approached it and the lineage versus uh, Alexa Bliss. It's like, well, you know, Alexa, somebody can beat your ass, you know, <laughs> but, you know, Nia could take you out. But then when you put Nia against Charlotte, you're like, I don't know, man, because Charlotte put that figure four on it's a wrap. Same thing with Ronda Rousey. Ronda grabs that arm. It's a wrap. Now, we both talked – well, you talked about David and Goliath. I put that exact note on there, and I thought it was a solid, good story that was being told from Ronda using the speed, trying to jab and juke, because that made Nia look bigger, which was good for Nia. And it made Ronda look smaller because of the way she was in her fight stance. So she's having to move around, and Nia's trying to get her. So you're like, yeah, when Nia gets her, she's going to put that beating on her. You know, had some great moments, a top rope crossbody outside by Ronda. I thought that was good to see her go to the top. Um, the the ending where Ronda did the sunset flip powerbomb was a great, great moment that made and, and made Ronda look stronger than what her statue was in comparison to uh, Nia Jax. So I thought the way they told the story, it was really good. But again, like we talked about last week when I gave you those 15 opportunities to change your mind story-wise the match of wrestlemania is going to be charlotte versus ronda rousey but the way it's looking now as of recent moments it could be charlotte ronda and becky and a triple threat as well now championship wise how that would factor in who knows if we have a women's show that may unify the belts who knows what may happen out of this, but those three will sell half the arena. I, I'm sorry, half the stadium. <laughs> I, so, I, I, I don't know. They they might sell it out all the way. I, I mean, it, it, it could be, but we still don't know what else is going to transpire at the Rumble um, and everything and the other pay-per-views, Fastlane and stuff like that that's going to happen, who the host, quote-unquote, is going to be, what, what else is going to happen. So there's still some other variables, but we can guarantee that women will sell out half of WrestleMania, period. Those hmm. three right there will sell half of WrestleMania, guaranteed. Not, you know, forecasting out or hoping, guaranteed, sell half. Agreed. Now that, that could I go up agree. to three quarters, uh, depending on what the men do, because if they're slacking, the women just they'll just take up that, that slack a little bit more and we'll have a lot more happening. But I was happy with the match. I don't think it made Nia look weak. I think it kept Ronda strong enough to be able to do what she needed to do later on for her run-in. And then it just kind of squashed what happened. Now, the backstage segment is what really made me believe that the WrestleMania sellout or half of the WrestleMania sellout is definitely because of the women. Because when Becky came in, and I'm so excited, they gave her that segment to continue her drive and continue her badassdom, if that's a word. When Becky said, remember when you broke my face? Keep your name out my mouth. <laughs> keep keep your name, keep my name out your mouth. And then started to beat down Nia Jax. Now think about that. Becky Lynch, <laughs> at her size, beats down Nia Jax. And then goes out and does a match. That's insane. Real cheatum. You don't have you, you. But see, that's my issue. Now this, I'm not saying this as a Nia Jax fan. 
I'm saying is 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 matches like that and things like that, they make Nia look like she's not brains, beauty, and brawn. It's like she's just straight brawn, and that she uh okay, and she just moves. She looks so slow, and I know that woman has speed. But it's got to be against the right opponent. That's the same thing I was talking about with Rey Mysterio versus any other giant or taller person. You're going to have that disconnect versus Rey Mysterio versus a cruiserweight because it's a balance. You right. saw a little bit more. You saw Nia being faster when she faced Tamina. Right. You saw Nia being a little bit faster when she faced Charlotte because it was the dynamic. But in that backstage segment, you saw the persona and the character of Becky Lynch made Nia Jax look small. And that's, again, where Nia has to punch through and find who she is. And just being the big person is not going to cut it, as Sheamus. Mm. You have to have something more than that. Being a big person is not going to cut it, as Drew McIntyre. He had to leave and come back to become Drew McIntyre. <laughs> just think about that. Same person, but he had to leave and come back to become better than what he was. You don't believe it? Ask uh, Cody Rhodes. He hasn't come back, but the fact that he left and has found Cody Rhodes, not he didn't find Stardust, he found Cody Rhodes. So if he comes back, the persona is going to be bigger than what it was. So Cody Rhodes could walk in and beat Brock Lesnar, and you'd be like, well, yeah, it's Cody Rhodes. Right. Not Brock is about to take Stardust to Suplex City. And that's what happened to me, in my opinion, in that backstage segment, is Becky and her persona was almost like an anime where you saw Goku going Super Saiyan and you see all the aura and everything just charging up and made him look, you know, tremendously big. And Naya's like Krillin's like, oh, snap, you're about to catch this beat down. And that's exactly what happened. But from Naya's perspective... They have to have, to what you were saying, a balance. She needs to be the immovable force, but she can lose some, but she has to have a good balance. And it can't be squash matches against one of the Iconics. Like, really? You know, that, that, that's not what it needs to be. She needs to have great matches. And, yeah, once in a while she could beat Ronda Rousey in a non-title match and a tag match or something like that or, or those type of things. But it has to be some good balance of wins and losses so that way her character doesn't go the way of a WWE Awesome Kong. So yeah. we know TNA, Awesome Kong come out, you know, you're catching that L. I don't yes. to tell you. Sorry, uh, Gail Kim, you're about to catch this beat down. And that's all it is to it. Everybody knew it. It's like Samoa Joe. It's, you, you're going to get choked out, and that's what's going to happen. But then in WWE... Um, not so much. I see the Kong, but where is this awesome part again? And why is she here? You know, go back to TNA. And that, that's, like I said, I would ask Becky, what advice do you have or what did you do to punch through the plastic ceiling? It's literally right there. Everybody is right there. If they all punch through and they all created these solid characters that can stand the test of time and be individuals, you can't beat that. I watched a, a video earlier today of the Ultimate Warrior coming down to face Isaac Yankum on Raw. 
Now, this is when they were, you know, touring and everything and Raw. And this was in smaller venues. So the ring were, and the, the, the guardrail was a little closer in on the ring. The road or the, the, the aisle to the ring was not that long. So we know Warrior is used to running around the ring clean. He's used to running down to the ring long enough to where he's gassed out by the time he shakes the rope three times. He had to run around the ring twice, jump over the steps, run. He ran back out up the uh, the entranceway, went to the back. Vince McMahon's like, he's gone. Where's he going? And then he came back out <laughs> to run around again and get back in the ring. But either way, that was just so ultimate warrior. Them, you didn't care about what the hell he was doing. It was just the warrior was there. Imagine if Naomi ha- finds that with the glow. And I think, again, the glow needs to be a heel turn. And she needs to be heel with the ooses. And then set that dominance. But imagine if she finds exactly where she is. Or where she needs to be. And then carries that forward. Imagine if the Iconics find their niche. And they're not so, you know, cartoony, Barbie-esque, for lack of a better term. And they find what they're supposed to be doing, good or bad. Imagine if Carmella got back with James Ellsworth and did her a cheat in the wind type of thing. I mean, you could do so many different things, but if every woman found that little bit of something that made them what they're supposed to be for at least the next year and a half, and then that's the show you had every week, it would be insane. It would matter who was beat by who, because the title could change hands from anybody because they're all believable, viable options. It matter where you went. The Cruiserweight title in WCW, whoever had it, was badass. They could fly. They could wrestle. They could be tactical. They could do everything on the checklist to be champion. Even if it's somebody as obscure as La Parca dressed as a skeleton dancing on a table before he has the match with Norman Smiley <laughs> or Ernest the Cat Miller. You know, <laughs> he's coming out there like James Brown. But next thing you know, when you get kicked, yep, the cat just knocks you the hell out. And it became believable. And that's the, what I would like to say. I don't know. That's a tangent. We're going to go back to TLC. Well, but that's that's my disagreement. Question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. With everything that just happened, now, we keep saying short glimpses of it. Are we going to get that heel Nia Jax again? She is unfortunately sliding into the direction, in my opinion, of where Dolph Ziggler is where and Randy Orton is, where you need somebody to balance that out. I don't know who the true baby face would be and what I mean by that is think Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant this oh, I, I big got force baby. who and it's, once she comes back off an of injury it'd be perfect even though they are Paige no now that I, I didn't think about Paige but I was thinking more along the lines of Alexa Bliss but now no. even though even Alexa though can't Alexa, play face what? she has to be healed that's everybody, everybody loves Alexa Bliss. That, but everybody loves, well, for the most part, everybody loves Nia Jack. Everybody loves each one of these women for different things. 
And I, I'm like, it's kind of hard for, it's kind of hard to see Nia Jax as a heel. It's, but for me, it's hard for me to see Alexa Bliss as a heel. She is a heel. She, but she's such a cutie pie. She's not me. Yeah, she's not no, a heel. she's, she's a, a heel. She is the female superstar equivalent of Kevin Owens, where it, you like them because they're cool, but you know they're heel, but they're winning the matches relatively for the most part in a clean way. So even though she's gone up against Nia Jax, she has won the match and relatively, I mean, there may be a cheat match here, a cheat match there, but she's getting a clean victory at some point in these matches. So when she holds that championship up, she's putting in that work and it's believable that she has the opportunity to win again. But she's still a heel. Okay. But it needs to be the Andre the Giant Versus the Hulk Hogan. Now, depending on the call-up schedule, the next person I think that could really have a good program with Nia Jax would be from Developmental, and that would be uh, Casey Catanzaro, and that would be the American Ninja Warrior versus the Immovable Object, the six-foot-tall giant compared to Casey. And then we would see, that'd be that Rey Mysterio dynamic, the Rey Mysterio versus the Big Show. But you could see if Casey's character is, is correct in it, and she's packaged well. That could be something. Because she would be, in my opinion, like the America's Sweetheart type of scenario, where you don't want to see her get beat down, but then when she starts coming back, quote-unquote, hulking up, you see that we have something here. Maybe something like that. I don't know. But I liked the match. I thought it went well. It wasn't match of the night because match of the night, in my opinion, was number eight. And what was that? The new Daniel Bryan, which we both picked to win, mm-hmm. versus the phenomenal AJ Styles. Solid match. Proper length. The This Is Awesome Chance, spot on, correct. And the win versus the inside cradle reversal, I thought was smart. That was a great finish. It was a wrestling match. It was a high-flying match at times. It was a catch-as-catch-can match. It was a, a, a shoot grudge match. You had pretty much everything in there. And both of those guys left everything in the ring. And more importantly than that, going to punching through the ceiling, I applaud Daniel Bryan for agreeing to do the heel turn, even though the reports are that his merchandise has dropped. That's a good thing. And and retrospect, because that could be made up through booking from the dollars and cents perspective. But if you are to that level of heel, you're doing the right thing. Because that means that when your heel merch comes out, when you have that fickle T-shirt or you have somebody throwing a piece of trash in and you see Daniel smacking it down on a T-shirt, I don't know, whatever you may want to do, something, when that merchandise hits, it's going to blow up through the roof (laughs) in W-O, black and white. (laughs) So... That transition, I, I agree. If I was Daniel I, or Brian, I'd be like, yeah, okay, good. 
that's what I, that's what we want to have happen. That's what we expect because I am that over, and people are believing what I am saying in such a way, and it is coming naturally. My environmentalism is coming through in such a way that yes, I care about these things, and I live this environmentally smart life. Why? Because you guys have watched Total Bellas and Total Divas, so you see the 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 greenery that I believe in, and and I'm vegan and all that. And now I'm just twisting it just slightly taking real life and then making a kayfabe and giving you an opportunity to dislike the person that you rooted for. You were happy to have come back. John Cena should do this. And it came back as a heel because if there's going to be a face turn again, it's going to have to come in my opinion from John Cena being a heel has to, because that way you could just flip a switch with Daniel Bryan. And then it doesn't matter. A Cena heel will supersede a uh, Daniel Bryan heel every day of the week. But that's a whole nother conversation of how you would book that. But I was happy with the match overall. Great match of the night. Well, I'll, I'll say this. And the only, the only thing that, that, that kills me about this AJ styles, uh, the new Daniel Bryan field feud is I'm lost on the Miz, cause the Miz it was Daniel Bryan and the Miz, and I we, we talked about it a few weeks ago before it happened. One of them two would go on to compete for the SmackDown Championship, and then one of whoever competed for it was going to win it. But what would happen to that other one? Now it's like it, the Miz has dropped you say back it. down. No, 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 no. KG, I can't believe you don't see this, man. I, I see something, but I it's not what I want. Me on this journey long enough to, to get some of this this smart markdom. Do you not see that they put the ending to it during Miss TV in such a way that all Mrs. Message was the entire time was I told you so, you being Daniel Bryan, and then simultaneously I told you so you being the WWE universe. There's nothing else needed to go through for them to beef because the biggest thing that the Miz could ever accomplish was for the yes movement to die because he was right on what Daniel Bryan needed to do to be successful. Not to go up against the authority because once you do, you know, one man versus the authority, you win, you just created it. Okay. Everything is great. But then who do you go up against? You went up against the juggernaut. Everybody else is just peons. So there's nothing else for you to grow on. But for you to do what you need to do to survive the Miz, for you to kick AJ Styles and to cheat and, and to do what the Miz does, and for you to come out and be smug and talk back to the people what the Miz does, and what everything Miz was trying to groom Daniel Bryan towards when they were doing that NXT stuff back in the day, that's the ending. That's the stamp that gave the Miz the stamp of, I just built your new champion. Now I'm good with it. That's the Hollywoodness. That's the A-listing. That's the director. I just gave you the best picture that you're going to have going into 2019 from Daniel Bryan. I just gave you best picture for the Oscars because you're going to watch this play out and see something that you were ever expecting to have happen. And now you hate Daniel Bryan. I've accomplished my thing. And now I'm going to go and do 
and show you my acting range by playing up this very smart, entertaining role of my desire to be a tag champion with Shane and be best champions in the world, but yet actually only have Shane do the wrestling. Hmm. It's it's it, I couldn't have booked this any better. This is the smartest scenario that I've seen happen in a long time. And whoever came up with this idea is spot on the pulse of the type of storytelling that they need to have happen. Even going into this past week where the Miz was asking Vince for his permission to tag with his son. <laughs> I mean, just the, the dynamics of how they're playing the correlations between a, a relationship and, you know, the payoff is going to be those two becoming champions of some sort. It has to. And then the Miz isn't going to want to be part of it anymore. But Shane is going to be like, come on, Miz. We could be great together. And this is going to totally flip. And then you may see a public breakup or something. I mean, it's going to be all kind of stuff. Well, Maurice may show up because she's jealous of how much time that Shane is spending. I mean, you could do so many things with this and, and just have it grow. I think it'd be a great story. I'm happy. I don't understand how you didn't see this, man, but they have intelligently ended the feud in a right way. Okay. See, it is different when you put it into that type of context and you, you, you spin it like that. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm off that soapbox right there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to step down. Yeah, I know oh, you, you was about to say you was gonna walk with Don. I heard it. You was ready to say <laughs> <laughs> WWD. There you go. <laughs> you know what? Oh man, you know, we need to we need to pay some bills real quick. We're gonna step away, get a little commercial break in here, and we're gonna come right back. We're gonna finish up our TLC. So y'all stay tuned, keep listening. We'll be right back. Told you we'd be right back. Thank you, BJ, for that nice, nice, just pure lovely ad that you did right there for the infatuation. What we got next going on, Don? I mean, I I had to take a little time to compose myself because I didn't want that feud to be over. So I had to take a little time to compose myself, take a deep breath, decompress. Okay, I'm over it. All right, good. Because now you're going to have to take a little bit more time. Because we have the longest drawn-out match of the night. And it shouldn't have been at all. You got the win on it with match number nine. But Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. By the time we got to the end, I didn't care who the hell had the belt. It was. <laughs> it really was just a long match. And nobody expected to hear, this is boring chance. Hurry up. You know, those type of things from a match involving those two. I don't understand why they were telling that long of a story to get to the last five minutes. That was exciting. And I could get it if it was going to be like Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, where at first you're like, man, this is going to draw out. And then you saw the gear turn and then we had it. But we never saw the gear turn until it was too late. It was almost like the new or the most recent Fantastic Four movie. We had long story, which I actually was okay with. But by the time we got to the action, it was boom, boom, pow. 
credits. So that, wait a minute. We don't have another hour of this, so we get a little bit more. It's a Marvel movie, isn't it? Well, mm. it's a Fox movie. So we'll deal with that, but not anymore. Thanks, Disney. You came in and saved that so we can get everything back in alignment. But that's a whole other conversation, too. That's some interesting debate there. But, yeah, this was just a long match to me. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm grouping that with the Rey Mysterio-Randy Orton match. But Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio was more entertaining. Uh, well, I, I agree with that. But this... This 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 match was severely disappointing. Mm-hmm. But I, I told you last week the reason why I knew Dean Ambrose was going to win this. It was just a couple of things that were said on WWE programming that kind of sort of gave it away. Especially when Renee Young said that if Dean wins, that's more money I'm going to hope. But uh, you know, I'm just. I thought this feud right here was going to take a different turn. But one thing I can say that I really, 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 really like, Dean Ambrose locking Seth Rollins in the Texas Cloverleaf. (laughs) One of my favorite moves of all time. That and uh, the Scorpion Deathlock got to be Two of my favorite moves. And to see that, it, it, it brings a smile to me because it was locked in perfectly. And then once he sat down, I was like, yeah, that really hurts. Yeah. But I would really, would, I mean, I know he's making it his own, but I would like to see him actually start the move the way Dean starts the move and does it from the person laying on their back. And then you see the turnover. Because I think that's where, when D. Malenko would do it, it would be that much more intense. Kind of like yes. when Magnum T.A. would do the STF, and you saw the actual step over to the crossface. When a crossface got locked in, it made it more believable because it was just, you knew, when I put people in a Texas club, oh, they felt that. They, the, uh, you were gonna, the moment I sat down, you realized wrestling was real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's, I mean, it, it looks like it's real when Dean puts it in, but I just would like that extra element, just that extra thing. Like when he does dirty deeds and you see how high up the person's arms are, you know, and how pushed back or pushed up their, their shoulder blades are before he drives them to the mat. You're thinking they're dead because under normal circumstances, if your neck is exposed and you're hitting with that much force onto concrete or a canvas mat or whatever it may be. Yeah. You just broke that person's neck and you got to look at it to see exactly how that move is being performed where Dean is in 100% control of that person's health. And he lays them down gently fast forward to two weeks ago on raw when Dean gave dirty deeds to Seth Rollins on concrete. You know, those type of things. So if he would just step over with how he sets up the the um, Texas Cloverleaf, that'd be spot on. And it's not like he doesn't have one of the best appliers of the Texas Cloverleaf and Dean Malenko right there with him to help him discover how to do that seamlessly. 
one of the greatest technical wrestlers to ever, ever, ever grace the square circle. Amen. Man of a thousand holds. And I've I've watched Dean Malenko for years, and a lot of his holds I've I've, I've tried to emulate. I got in trouble for a lot of them, but hey, I, I didn't care. It was worth it. There you go. I was a little bit but, more hardcore, so I just did a lot of the other crazy stuff, like hitting people with steel chairs and ladders <laughs> and stuff like that. But to my credit, I also took bumps too, so I didn't mind. I hit you, you hit me. That's only fair, just as long as you sell it, because I know I'm going to sell it. So if you sell it, we're okay. If you don't sell it, I'm going to hit you harder the next time. You, then you're going to really sell it, because I pretty much knocked you out. Yeah. Sorry, Darnell. <laughs> but this match didn't live up to the hype. Not I at mean, all. not at all. Not to the build. No, it didn't. It was. It left you like, okay. It, you called it long and drawn out. I called it a bathroom break. <laughs> yeah, and it was still happening when you came back. Yeah, and the, the bad part about it, I watch. Uh, all pay-per-views and WWE network programming on my phone so I can, you know, watch TV and I can multitask and things like that. But I didn't even take my phone with me. Oh, no. I, I, just, I left it there and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go take a bathroom break. Yeah, so. It's a good day to re-up on your chips. Because yeah. the last match of the night was definitely one that you wanted to have. Now, it wasn't match of the night. And it had that potential. But Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles just dialed it in on such a level that Becky was already at that level, but Charlotte and Asuka just need a little bit more to push it over the top. So it was a close second. But the deafening pop for Becky Lynch, again, like I said, she stamped herself in such a way that I wish really she took the best of what Zack Ryder did and just took it to the next level. Took social media and made it a presence of your own in such a way to grow your character. So it had to translate on to television. And when you walked out on television, it was, she's clearly different than Becky Lynch steampunk. You can tell the difference in the two. Daniel Bryan is now the same way as well. You can see how he comes out, how he approaches the ring, how he starts his matches, what he does in the middle and the ending and how everything is flowing versus how old Daniel Bryan was doing. So you can see a difference. You can see a separation and then make the correlation between how are these two the same person. So her pop was amazing. They had some great spots. Becky, uh, ladder leg drop on Charlotte, uh, but Oscar moved out of the way. I called it Kendo City. Once the Kendo stick came out, it was just fun for everybody to get a Kendo. You get a Kendo shot. You get a Kendo shot. Charlotte, more importantly, when she speared Oscar into the guardrail, when they did that close-up on Charlotte's face, I swear to God, I thought I just saw Ric Flair. Like, I, she looked just like Nate. And I was like, wow. That was a surreal moment right there to see Ric Flair, in my opinion, doing a spear to somebody into the guardrail. Um, it, was, it was just a, a really good match. You, you know something? Uh, <laughs> these three women did something 
that you don't really see from women too often. But they, not only did they bear their soul in this match, they put their bodies on the line. Mm-hmm. The the suplex of Charlotte into the table, the kendo stick shots from uh, uh, Oscar to <laughs> Oscar to Becky to Charlotte, everything. I mean, they they they, for lack of a better term, and I think it's appropriate. They whooped each other's ass. Yep. But you know what I would want to have happen? I think just like we had TLC one where you had that momentous moment, you just had to take it in. I think they need TLC two with the same three, because now that they know what it is like, they know what they can do. I think what they can do next when it comes down to spot wise will be that much greater. I would expect somebody to come off the ladder, the super tall ladder out of the ring through the person on the announce table with a leg drop. I would expect all kind of crazy spots that would happen. I would, I would expect Oscar to go into a little bit more strong style and have somebody leaning up against the ladder on the turn uh, in the corner. And she's just doing kicks and her body is just bouncing on and off the ladder. Just there's so much more that can be done. Two tables stacked up and then a power bomb through both tables. All kind of crazy stuff could be done on the second one because they've got their feet wet. They know what to expect. They know the level of pain that's going to be involved. I mean, when Becky went uh, into that ladder and it's like, oh, she took that straight all in her back. You just, oh, I felt that. My kids felt that. It was like, oh, my God. Like, exactly. It hurts. <laughs> you know, so if they get the opportunity to do a second one with those three, it'll be so much better. It will be longer, probably about maybe another 10 minutes longer, but they will have so much jam packed. You would have, you will put it on the same level as TLC two, three, and maybe even TLC one from the Hardys and the Dudleys and Edge and Christian. But I, I was happy with the match overall. Now, the Ronda Rousey moment. I would have rather Ronda got physical versus it just be a chair push off. Because at that moment, I think one of them could have got up there because we see it happen all the time in ladder matches and stopped Oscar. You know, that wasn't the, oh my gosh, we just got pushed off and I can't get up moment. You know what I mean? Right. I would have loved to seen the kendo come out and the real beat down to happen by Ronda Rousey, the KO punch from Ronda to Becky Lynch, something like that. And then she would just grab Asuka and push her over to the ladder. And then Asuka would wonder what's going on and then climb up and grab it. Something a little bit more dynamic in that aspect that would build Ronda and keep her badassery that would put probably the extra fourth of uh, WrestleMania ticket sales in there and just leave the men with only a fourth that they have to worry about. So the women would have three fourths at that point and then you'd be good to go. So that was my only low spot because I, I wanted more. We knew it was going to happen, but I just wanted a little more. So that way it, would have, it really just punched in the storyline. You, you notice something and I've noticed a trend uh leading up to evolution and then 
going through evolution and going past evolution. And I keep saying it. I've said it, oh, shoot, the last three, four weeks. The women are stealing these pay-per-views. They are coming in and they're stealing these pay-per-views. They, they, they're getting votes for match of the night. Um, just all, all around the board, they are looking great. I mean, the, the, the story that they're telling with the moves and just how everything seems to flow so flawless. These women have stepped their game up to the point that if there is another women's pay-per-view, it's going to be a three to four hours long. Oh, not only that, but the women truthfully are on the cusp. If more of them can break through that plastic ceiling of surpassing the men to where the men's matches are irrelevant. And that is a, a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because that means that they, they WWE has to really make some magic happen. But that was TLC. Now, because I know we normally would talk about Raw SmackDown and all that stuff in detail. It's not even necessary, to be honest. Because somebody, somewhere, has listened to what the hell we were talking about for a couple weeks. And said, oh my, they may have a good idea. How about we actually, sooner than later, sooner than the day after WrestleMania, get our asses in gear and start changing dynamics of what's happening in match types, what's happening in matchups, what's happening in who's coming, what's happening in the flow, and start giving opportunities, not just on SmackDown, which as Shane would always say is a land of opportunity, but also on Raw. And even though I think it's funny on how, oh, we're taking back over Raw, I don't know what you guys are talking about, Vince, Stephanie, and Triple H, but you were already in charge of Raw. And like I said last week, you just made Baron Corbin a quote-unquote easy scapegoat for we're putting an end to the bad ratings and we'll let the bad ratings be Baron Corbin. Okay, beat down the bad ratings so that everybody feels good at WWE Universe land. And then we're taking over and we're making decisions here and there and we're changing things up and we're popping in on segments and doing different things and yes we've got it like y'all were in charge of it. it's y'all fault <laughs> you're still in charge it's your fault maybe y'all had a couple of writers but bkm vincent kennedy mcmahon you know you did pretty much stamp everything that was happening prior and hopefully because you've heard of what we would have been talking about decided to go ahead and start moving things at a faster pace in a bigger direction and changing what needs to change so that way the women's evolution doesn't outweigh what's happening with the men, A, and B, you are creating the programming in order to be, as you said on Monday Night Raw, then, now, and forever, which now is in jeopardy of messing up forever if the dynamics of what is happening on a weekly basis is happening. We talked about last week um, about the Ascension versus Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. What the hell do we get out of those long week after week after week after week after week scenarios? Nothing. But we need to see, like we saw on SmackDown, Naomi versus Asuka. Cool. Naomi should have won the match. Should have won. Because that would have been another 
oh snap moment. It's not about it to me how long you've had the belt. It's about the growth of what, from the women's perspective, of what you're doing. And Naomi winning the belt from Asuka would elevate the women's championship and create the buzz again. And then Asuka and Naomi and somebody else would have it. And then Asuka would win it back. And then you would have Naomi in the mix and she would have an opportunity. And then, you know, so many things will be happening on the women's side from the title change. And then you could sprinkle in some of the current and same storyline. Cause Dean and Seth is not over. I think Elias and Bobby Roode, we can, you know, we can end that. Just let's do something else. KO yes. should be back. Yes. Uh, he's point. coming. Um, Bray Wyatt needs to come back. I like Jeez. the call-ups that they did. EC3 was the only weird one. Like, why are we watching EC3 get undressed? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that was a little disturbing. But everybody else was cool. Nikki Cross, I think, would be a great addition to SmackDown because she would be that extra dynamic of Nikki Cross versus a Becky Lynch, I think, would be a phenomenal match. It would be able to play up on Nikki Cross being the crazy heel, Becky being Becky, and then they could go back and forth and have some awesome moments. Or Nikki Cross versus Asuka. Uh, Lars Sullivan needs to go to Raw and have Lars versus Braun Strowman when he comes back because, unfortunately, Raw has built the big man's perspective. You have no big man. Right. So you need to put Lars over there. EC3 needs to go to SmackDown and have EC3 versus Daniel Bryan. Those would be some great matches that you can do some great up and down. Lacey Evans should go to Raw so that way, once she's healthy, you can see Alexa Bliss versus Lacey Evans since they kind of resemble each other. It's like Lacey is a taller version of Alexa. So let's see how the sweetheart, as she kind of builds it, would go up against the goddess. Well, I got something for you. What you got? And I got a reliable source, and you can book it. Rusev will beat Shinsuke and become the new United States champion before 2019 hits. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I I already put my stamp on that as well. I thoroughly agree. It has to happen. Just because they need to build Nakamura or Nakamura will no longer be Nakamura. It's going to happen Tuesday night. Mm Mm-hmm. Trust me. If you listen to this Tuesday, you heard it here first. Sideline Junkies wrestling show with the WrestleManiacs. It's going to happen on Tuesday. Christmas wishes come true. And that's been my Christmas wish for a couple of months now that Rusev actually gets the U.S. title. But that's just a small, small piece that he needs in his bigger puzzle to wind up being a world champion where he belongs. Yep, I agree. Yeah, remember that that's kind of like the uh, the confirmation, you know, that I used to give out many moons ago when I was hanging out in the production of the almighty ESPN zone. And, you know, you were able to get different signals off the uh, satellites. And you're able yeah. to see things that maybe you shouldn't have seen for some time. We'll get little snippets and get little info. So this is one that KG just dropped. 
that you could definitely consider a fact. Bang! We need like some <laughs> graphic or something where it's like book it, ting, and you see a stamp or you hear a stamp. You know, since we're doing a podcast. But hey, man, I appreciate you gracing them with the uh, the almighty fact. Now all they got to do is just wait a couple days, and we'll have the disturbing correlation that Rusev Day is also Jesus's birthday. Mm. Hmm. So should we get presents to give presents on Rusev Day? But then Rusev Day is every day, so everybody would be broke. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. But now, the thing is, that's two, two big things you heard right here on the Sideline Junkies on Anchor FM. Rhino will be back, and Rhino will be back before the end of, the, of 2018. He will be, you will see him on WWE programming. Mm-hmm. And, the man beast. And 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 Rusev will win the US title before 2019 hits. And that's uh that's the the shoe in, the lock of the week. Um that's straight facts. I mean, whatever you want to call it, that's what it is. It's gonna happen. Um couple questions for you as far as um raw went on, on on monday night uh the main event once again the women steal the show not even that they had the whole hour yeah unprecedented that hour three of the war zone well hour two of the war zone technically but hour three in the war zone was all women Insane, <laughs> and you know and some matches and the transitions were good. That gauntlet match had me on the edge of my seat, my heart in my throat, my stomach in my chest. I mean, because I was like, "Damn, who do I want to win? Do I want Bailey to win? Do I want Ember uh, 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 Moon to win?" Do I want Natty to win? I'm like, golly, who do I want to win? And you know what the worst part is? Uh, this is because of that, and I was going to wait for us to get to this. Um, this is where I actually contradict myself because I know on one side of the coin, Rhonda v. Becky v. Charlotte needs to be the match of WrestleMania. Now, I never said that Ronda definitely needs to have the belt to do it because if she does not have the title, that frees her up for the feud. If Asuka has a title, that frees the other two up for the feud. So if Natty, who trained Ronda, and it doesn't matter about MMA, because finally Natty can utilize and showcase her training from the dungeon which believe it or not is also MMA based those holds those moves I mean it's as close to Gracie Jiu Jitsu as you can get Stu put her through the paces to be able to make transitions to be able to make uh, your way from your back 
or anything else from Greco-Roman up to what we call now modern mixed martial arts with the removal of, of kicks because it's mostly ground-based tactical style wrestling. Natty has the element inbreded or embedded and bred into her of what you saw on Bret the Hitman Hart on a weekly basis. So if you take that and put that against Ronda Rousey, who's still learning her sports entertainment craft on paper, Natty would win shoe hand over fist. Doesn't matter how many people Ronda knocked out, how many people Ronda choked out or whatever, or tapped out. You put Natty in the arm bar on paper, Natty can reverse it. So you just eliminated the arm bar. That's her finisher. So the only thing she has is strikes. But unfortunately, you can't strike all day because it's against the rules. Mm. And if Natty gets the sharpshooter in in the center of the ring and really sits down and there is no obligatory, let me kind of walk backwards. Uh, well, I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, Ronda grabs the ropes. <laughs> then Natty could actually become champion, which would free up Ronda to you know have the feud but i know what you're thinking how would that ignite the feud even bigger oh i don't know how about a run-in sounds crazy to me but i wouldn't be surprised we're ending 2019 i'm sorry 2018 starting 2019 with a bang so why wouldn't once again a smackdown superstar be on raw why wouldn't they cost Natty, I'm sorry, cost uh, Ronda the championship and give Natty the belt, kind of like what Ronda did against them. Hmm. Yep. Which would give opportunities to other females on Raw because Ronda's got a beef. She doesn't have time to be worrying about Nia Jax. She doesn't have time to be worried about Alicia Fox. Hopefully, if she can be back by the end of this year doesn't have time to worry about Alexa Bliss or anybody else that wants to come out the riot squad whatever she's got to focus on this beef so she needs to be on Smackdown Mm. that right there ladies and gentlemen that's why he is the smart mark Mr. Saturday Night and I'm I'm gonna give you a new name this week, Mister Saturday Night into Sunday Morning, <laughs> the transitional guy. Yeah, yes, because you you took it from Saturday Night to Sunday Morning, and you're still bringing it hard. I close you out and start you up. There you go, but, uh, man. And you know when she won, when when Natty won this gauntlet match, I thought about. It. I said, okay, these two, Natty and Rhonda, have a relationship. They have a friendship. How is that going to work? But you've seen friends turn on each other in this business. You've seen, uh, i.e., uh, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, super kick through the barbershop window. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've also seen friends put friendship, love, relationship to the side when it comes down to winning championship gold 
Oh, shoot, man. I'm going to give you another thing to think about before we wrap up tonight. Let's, let's have a throwback. Let's have a flashback moment. Just close your eyes and just think back. WrestleMania. you a pregnant pause. I want you to get WrestleMania in mind. <laughs> Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels. Jesus. That first moment when Shawn could have hit the super kick, he hesitated because that's Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. His idol. His mentor. Somebody he looks up to amongst all others. He didn't go for the super kick, which would have ended the match halfway through. Flair, without missing a beat, grabs a leg, figure four, in the center of the ring. That's your picture. Now think about that and then sub out. Ronda, about to grab the arm to do the twist, but looks right at Natty's eyes and hesitates. Natty does a double leg takedown, transitions that into the sharpshooter, and sits. That could be your one, two, three moment. Or it could set up the tone for the match, same style in the middle, to show how quickly Ronda can lose the belt because she is that close to Natty in reference to respect and friendship. Mm. That is the opportunity that we have. And if they take it, (coughs) excuse me, for what they've been saying to tell a story in a unique way that you're giving the fans what they want, which is to see new opportunity. We like Ronda, but we don't need Ronda being a champion every week talking about I'm the best champion. That's true. But also in order to be a multi-time champion, you have to lose the belt. True indeed. Ric Flair had to lose it over 18 times to be over 18 time truthful champion. So in order to be at that level of accolade, you have to learn how to take a L to get a W. That's the way the business works. Make that into a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, I need that on a t-shirt. That's pretty <laughs> Somebody write that down. Screen print that. It's funny you say you bring up Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania. Any true wrestling fan, especially if you're over the age of, I'll say 20, I want to say 25. If you're, yeah, if you're over the age of 25, I mean, you came in, but I'll really say 30. If you're over the age of 30, you know what Shawn Michaels has meant to the business and myself, I'm over 30. I understand, Don, you got a long ways to go. I do, man. Um, It's rough. But I understood what Shawn Michaels is to the business because I watched Shawn Michaels as a kid uh, in AWA as, you know, with the Rockers. They were young, freestyling, flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. If I ever meet Shawn Michaels, I'm going to have to let him know. Do you know how many times I got my behind whoop for emulating you and jumping off of dressers? I, I'm, but I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm-hmm. If you're over the age of 30, well, shoot, you can be over the age of 40 and you know what Ric Flair means to this business because Ric Flair has been wrestling my whole entire life. Yep. And to know that it it pains me that Ric Flair is not still an active competition right now 
even though he has been cleared. I mean, few health scares, but that match alone, you seeing the icon, the main event, the showstopper versus Mr. Styling and Profiling, Nature Boy Ric Flair. And if you did not tear up when Shawn Michaels blew him a kiss and said, I love you, and landed the super kick. If you didn't tear up right then and there, I don't even know what to tell you. And I think that type of moment is going to happen. It's going to be that, it's not going to be an end of an era type thing, but it's going to be kind of sort of Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey finally losing the title. And same thing that that, that would happen that, that, you know, I said what happened if she lost to Nia Jax. She loses the title. It drops her down a few pegs, but it brings her up stronger because she just starts wreaking havoc and beating everybody's behind, and she wins the title back. And she shows that, you know, yes, I came in as an MMA star. Um, I may didn't take the traditional path to become world champion, but this wasn't no fluke. Oh, yeah, I, the heel turn is coming, man. Because but, they've already got the four horsemen built in NXT, mm-hmm. but there's only three of them. And Ronda be the leader? Mm-hmm. Her as a heel, I, I, but see, the only problem with Ronda as a heel, and this is not even, this is not kayfabe, this is not wrestling, this is her as a person. She's having entirely too much fun to be a heel. Now, she, she may give you a scowl here and there, but that scowl disappears and you see that smile. But then you could you could turn that another way. You can have Ronda go in and be the pseudo new head of the four horsewomen. Or to get that smile away, you can have Charlotte, which it should be, be the head of the four horsewomen. And then Ronda would be pissed because those are her girls. So that would be you know, the, the the two new ones whose names, I know they got some unique names, but I just watched them on NXT the other day, um, along with Shayna Baszler. That, that, that's, and Charlotte. And Ronda's like, what the hell? Yeah. I thought we were, like, no. Nah. <laughs> you can't have horsewomen without a flair. Absolutely true. And, but, and the thing is, what will make it, I guess, I mean, of course, it's going to feel comfortable if Charlotte is running the show. You know, she's head. It's going to make you feel comfortable because of the the, the bloodline. Mm-hmm. So, but with Ronda, it's more. I, I mean, I can't unsee it with Ronda because, of course, those her folks. So I can see it with her, but I can also see it like you kind of incorporate, you know, I, somehow I, I hate to say it, but somehow, some way, somebody goes down with an injury and then you kind of sort of you incorporate Charlotte into that. But then okay. you have Ronda and Charlotte kind of battling for supremacy within the group. Kind of i.e. Farouk and Rocky Maivia. Yeah, you could play it so many different ways and that's the glory of this. I mean, we could be setting up a, a longer feud to go with... Um, Ronda having the MMA four horsewomen 
versus the true four horsewomen of wrestling being Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, and uh, who am I missing? I'm missing one. Charlotte, Becky, Bailey. So, yes, right. Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, Sasha. So that could be your traditional Survivor Series match for true dominance of that brand. So you, you can do so many different things with this. And that's the glory of where the women are and what I'll still call its infancy of growth through them having their own show, through the tag championship coming to fruition, through them having transitional titles. So a female IC or, or something or US or whatever it may be that transitions and has that person be the number one contender to lead up to the heavyweight title if they don't unify it for the sake of the one women show. You could do so many things before it becomes we've seen the same old recipe, even though it's the same old recipe. But the women are just adding that extra pun intended flair that makes it more entertaining. And that's why the men have to catch it. They have to utilize the talent in NXT. And I know they're talking about sooner than later, but the first group needs to be showing up next, well, January 1st. Well, the beginning of January, well, was it the 31st? Monday Night Raw, New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day uh, SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to be taped or not, but if they are live, they need to show up then and just get it over with and move past that. Because the next week, we need to have Undisputed Era. The next week, we need to have Ricochet. The next week, Velveteen Dream. The next week, um, Shayna Baszler and the Four Horsewomen. Uh, the next week, uh, Bianca Belair. I mean, all of them need to come up now to build the brand and to give more opportunity. Because one here and one there is not going to make it. Interjecting, which is good to see, you know, the B team finally again on TV or the Good Brothers back on television for a championship or Sanity finally off a dark match them into something is good but you still are only putting one in here, one in there and not giving the other ones a platform to have matches and and opportunities that make them champion today. (laughs) And who you have in developmental has to come up now. So that way you make room for more people from Maryland championship wrestling (laughs) to transition (laughs) in. Um. So, I mean, there's a lot of of things that need to happen on the the main roster men's side now in order for it to be the next generation. And that's still, uh, I'll say it again, we need one more insurgence of the true lineage of WWE being Hulkamania in some aspect. It needs to transition one more time into the direction of where things are going to keep it grounded into what WWF was built on going into the attitude era, going into get the F out and the E coming in. We need who congratulations on John Cena winning the Muhammad Ali award. We need Cena to do the right thing. Here you go, Triple H, for what's best for business and heel turn because you're the only one that can face turn Daniel Bryan, A, which needs to happen eventually. He he doesn't need to be heel forever. No. Doesn't need to. I give it, it maybe six months, and then he should be face again. 
but Cena needs to do it because you're Muhammad Ali award winner. You got a movie coming out with Jackie Chan. You're on today's show. You're doing your press tours. You got a new book that you just wrote. All these things are happening. John Cena, the superstar, needs to show up on Ms. TV and cut a promo so hardcore that the Miz becomes face in that aspect. And then you walk out and people are wondering what's going on. And then you interject the Bellas into it. Then you have Daniel Bryan confront John Cena because Cena just looked at Bree and said, get the hell out of my way or something. And then you have that friction. And then it becomes that moment where Daniel Bryan has to yes movement it. He has to because John Cena is running roughshod through. And like Cena has lost his way. Cena didn't lose his way. Cena went Hollywood. I understand what happened, Rock. You could have The Rock come back and put over John Cena. You know, you could do so many things through John Cena's heel turn. Again, that would bring back potentially Hollywood, Hulk Hogan into Hulk Hogan. You could do, it needs to happen. Period. His t he would make more money on his t shirt sales. Everything would just go through the roof. The company would quadruple pay per view buys. Be network, I mean everything, and it all needs to be locked into the WWE network. So you have to subscribe to see it. It's not given away for free. It has to be closed circuit, however you want to do it. But the Cena heel turn will be the new NWO of this generation. Period. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, why we push the hashtag give Don a chance. Shoot, give Heel Cena a chance. Come on, John. <laughs> stop playing around. We, you don't need you don't need the 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 hustle or respect anymore. You've hustled enough. You've got the respect. People are loyal to you. The kids love you. But it's time to change for the sake of the direction of the business. You love the business and needs to go and elevate one more time. And that would put it over on such a national level, leading into what's going to happen, you know, and the type of stuff you're going to be talking about later on today, some foosball into the XFL. Imagine a buzz of WWE, WWE, John Cena, WWE, WWE. And then we're talking, wait a minute, WWE and XFL? That's coming from Vince as well? That's right. You know, you can, it is going to be that strong that it could bring more attention, which again, puts more butts in the seats, which also gets you more um, network subscription, which also gets you more sponsorships and stuff like that for your programming because you need that. So more attention, you can still stay PG, but you have a star at that level and even the opportunity for a star above you being the rock to show up and come back to have more high profile matches because it is just that insidious of what John Cena is doing. I mean, he needs to go all in heel. I mean, serious heel. Uh, I'm talking Bray Wyatt level heel. And it would be amazing, man. Amazing. Everybody would be talking about it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And then why not Thursday, Friday and Saturday every week. You have to, because it's just that good. If done properly. And that's how you win a show, damn it. <laughs> I learned a long time ago 
you don't follow pet acts, you don't follow children, you don't follow Ray Lewis, and you damn sure don't follow the dog when it's time to get on the stage. So with that being said, you can hear the sideline junkies right here on Anchor <laughs> FM, Radio Public, Breaker, Cast Box, Cast, Cast Box. Let's get that right. Uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Podchaser, and Podbean. We're on social media, like heavy on social media. Um, Sideline Junkies on Instagram. And on uh, Twitter, I'm drew a blank there for a second. Um, Sideline Junkies colon podcast on Facebook. Email Sideline Junkies twenty four seven at gmail dot com. Don't forget sidelinejunkies.com. And also, anytime you want to hit up the Don, because I, I I try to tweet out a lot of stuff to him, try to send him a lot of stuff. Don Rodriguez. That's no you. Only him on Twitter. <laughs> I like that. On the Twitters, that's right. Don Rodriguez. R-O-D-R-I-G-E-Z. Feel free to, to drop a line and, and ask a question or just tell me that you don't agree with John Cena needing to turn heel. And I'll tell you, create A-A-A-A-Z and just keep waiting. It's going to happen eventually. He's not Ricky Steamboat. He's not never going to be a bad guy. That's mm-hmm. just that's not John Cena. That's not what he needs to be. Nobody believes Hogan would do it. Nobody believes Sting would do it. So, and nobody believed it was me all the time, Austin. It was me <laughs> until it happened. And nope. Like what the hell? You put Stephanie through what? What is wrong with you, Vince? Come nobody on. believed that. Uh, nobody believes that John Cena will do it. So. That's, that's why, why I would make it great. Exactly. Because, you know, I'm waving my hand in front. I'm ra- waving my right hand in front of your face, and my left hand is going in your pocket and taking your wallet because you're not paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. So. He, need to do, he just needs to be just a one just dark-colored outfit. No, nothing. Everything. I mean, you know, as, as, as basic as you can get. A black T-shirt with white writing that said, "You ain't gonna see me." Mm-hmm. You know, forget you can't see me. You ain't gonna see me. Or just the the no circle with the the line through it, but there's nothing under it. It's just no. That's a shirt. It doesn't. It's not for sale. So people will be making their own shirts mm-hmm. just to wear. So it'll just take it all the way back to just that. Your your sign would be a black sign with the, the red stop circle in it. That that would be, you know, it would be so concise and so packaged that it has to be only one thing, and that's believable. And it doesn't have to be the longest run in the world. That doesn't mean he will not become Hall of Fame. It just means that he's going to beat down Ric Flair. He's going to beat down the legends. He's going to beat down Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Kevin Owens, the big show. I mean, he's just going to beat people as heel Cena and it's still super Cena, but you are hating him at a level that you are liking him at a level, but you're hating him at a level because he's still super Cena. 
kind of sort of like uh, what you got from Triple H during the Attitude Era, where Triple H was good, you know, and this is after the MSG incident. This is after all of that. This is pretty much after. This is once him, The Rock, Stone Cold, all were elevated to main event status. You hated Triple H so much as a heel that you liked him. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's that right there. It's been done before, and it's proven to be successful. Because this would have to be on another level. Yes. Like this would be the last. It would take probably about ten years for the right person to come along to even remotely come as close to a John Cena heel turn, if done right. Like I said, it it would be so dynamic that it would stand the test of time, and you would have you could make a movie on it. That that's how hot it, it could be if done right. In in my head, if done right, because it would it would make Mr. McMahon a face. <laughs> well, <laughs> when, when, when's the last time Mr. McMahon has been a face? Uh, a, a baby face is when he was announcing and commentary on Monday Night Raw. And nobody knew that he, well, unless you were really deep into it, nobody knew that he was the chairman, the CEO, and everything else, that every other title he held. Nobody knew that. Mm-hmm. He was I, just the crazy guy. Oh, my God, what a rush. You know, that was Vince. I, I grew up thinking that, hey, Vince McMahon is one of the best commentators that, you know, I've ever seen on wrestling. I mean, I didn't know he owned the company, but. Mm-hmm. The more you know. Yep. And everybody has to take a buff. See, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this for hours. I'm talking about Michael Cole. He's to get the beat down. Corey Graves. It could be John Cena just commentating the entire Monday Night Raw with Renee Young because he's knocked both of the other two out. <laughs> the entire show is just John Cena, kind of like when the NWO took over Monday Nitro. I mean, oh, God. Don't get I could write pages upon pages of how you could build up an entire 12 month series from John Cena ending a year as a heel and going all the way to WrestleMania and how many other superstars would actually get growth from it if done properly to the point to where by the time WrestleMania happens they should be throwing everything that they have when John Cena comes down like it was when Hulk Hogan turned heel and batteries were being thrown and all kind of stuff was coming into the ring. It would be that insane, that palpable of the amount of disdain for John Cena. So whoever would oppose him, and it could be Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar would be the best baby face ever. <laughs> like, mm. please, Brock, beat him. Please, please. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm. Get off this, this daggone thing, man. <laughs> I'll be here all night. My brain is already going. It's over. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. You got to talk about some foosball early in the morning and make those picks and hopefully keep your streak alive. I know the other guys are asleep dreaming about how to beat you on uh, your picks this week. Yeah, I got nine hours to get it right. so <laughs> And I got less than that to get my behind the work to sell some uh, WWE 2K19 to a bunch of deserving kids. So <laughs> Santa's got to make sure that happens. Well, that's all our time for the night. Every week I say the same thing to the smart mark, Mr. Saturday night, Mr. Saturday night in the Sunday morning, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, the Don. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody 
Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, all that stuff. Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you want it to be. Happy Rusev Day. Because <laughs> it's coming Tuesday. <laughs> it's Rusev Day. And the day after is Lana Day because, you know, it's just going to be that way. Lana is the best. Lana number one. <laughs> and thankfully, it was not KG was the best because he didn't win. We were tired. Close. That's two pay-per-views in a row that we were tied. Close. Cheater. Stop stealing my line. You be looking at my cheat sheet, man. No, no, no. That's that's the, the, doing this every week, paying attention, getting my feet wet, getting back to where I once was, and then also I got somebody I can bounce it off of, and talking to you and yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Well, stop uh-uh. getting your feet wet. Stay on dry land. No. That way I can start winning these things. No. Again. I dipped the toe. Then after I di- I'm I'm about I'm about calf deep now. Once I get knee deep, it's over. We'll see. Well, knee deep will be WrestleMania, so be prepared. Oh, I, I'm ready. So, hey, like the Don said, happy holidays, everybody. Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. If you don't celebrate, hey, happy holidays. Enjoy your days off. Sideline Junk is going to be right back at you in about nine or ten hours. We're going to be right back in here again. So, good night, everybody. Good morning. And hey, have a prosperous weekend. And we, the WrestleManiacs, will be back to defend our titles in a week. Happy Rusev Day. It's Rusev Day. I can't, I, I love that. I, I can't get over that. That's even one of, that's one of my text tones. That's how much I love that. Oh, Aiden English. Uh, yes. Would be proud to hear that. All right. Y'all go get some sleep. <laughs> have a good one. Good night, all. Junkies out.